0: Today's reading is taken from the Book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 25 to 30. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for people to bear the yoke while they are young. Let them sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on them. Let them bury their faces in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let them offer their cheeks to the one who would strike them and let them be filled with disgrace. Thank you, Ella. Let's pray as Phil comes up. Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you that it shines a light on you, our great God. And we pray this morning, however may be feeling, however we may be feeling we're honest for ourselves, that we will lift up our eyes and we will see you and know that you are our good God. Amen. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Lola. Good morning, everyone. And uh, uh, do keep that open in front of you, Lamentations chapter 3, as we turn to God's word together now. Lamentations chapter 3 and uh, just those few verses that Luella read for us there. Now, I'd like you to imagine... I'd like you to imagine it's one of those uh, memorably bad days. One of those days that you will never forget. Maybe one of those days that you think back and that was just, frankly, plain awful. Perhaps um, uh, you were made redundant from your dream job... Perhaps you heard the news that your best friend had been killed in a car crash. Maybe it was the day when your daughter was raped, or the doctor told you that dreadful, dreadful news, or the day when you found out that you had just catastrophically failed all your A levels and it just seemed there is there is no hope for any place in uni now or ever. And at the same time, your mental health is frankly really just all over the show anyway, and even before today. And then some some well-meaning Christian friend turns up. You've known them for years, and you make a cup of tea, and as you sit down, the first thing they say to you, kind of in earnest, is, you know, God is good, and you frankly just wish they'd go away. Well, just you're just thinking, to be honest, I just want someone to cry with. I want someone who's going to give me a hug when we're allowed to. I just want someone to be there with me and sit in silence with me and agree this is just awful, awful, awful. But what if you manage to say to yourself, as in you addressed yourself, and you were able to say, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, next month, perhaps next year, maybe ten years time. But what if you were able to say to yourself, actually, God is good. Uh, I know that. Even though I'm having to push it out through gritted teeth at the moment. God is then as you say it to yourself then that might be a little bit different in fact that might be really quite a lot different and as we're in Lamentations chapter 3 we're just looking at verses 25 to 30 the second sermon in our little series on mental health awareness Um, and when I first looked at this passage I thought oh dear this is a bit difficult isn't it and uh, a bit difficult to preach on. But then the more I looked, and the more I studied, and the more I thought, and the more I prayed about this, I think there are great treasures here. Great treasures that we all need to hear. And the central rock is there. God is good. We have a good God. And uh, because God is good... It means also that there are good things which come from God. So we see in verse 25 that it says there, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. But then flowing from that, the beginning of verse 26 and 27, it is good, it is good. And this is coming from a man who is sitting there in the ruins of his city. There are maybe unburied corpses still around. He's sitting there in the ruins of his faith, in the ruins of his nation, in the ruins of his own family life. And he says to himself, God is good. An everlasting truth that no circumstance, no situation, no event actually can ever change. A fact that God is a good God and streaming from that foundation from that simple and great and eternal fact are some great truths a man called Handley uh, Mole wrote this once there is no situation so chaotic that God cannot from that situation create something that is surpassingly good he did it at the cross he is doing it today the fact that God is a good God is, is the foundation of Lamentations chapter 3. Uh, and in fact it's the foundation of all our sermons on uh, uh, our mental health awareness. And you'll see that we're going to uh, uh, go around in a little circle. Uh, and there are some great and wonderful truths here. Um, and we're going to begin by thinking about humbly accepting the situation that we find ourselves in. And then as we go round the circle, it may be that you find that really hard. Well, as with all these kind of things, there are, there are different ways in. And if you can't find your way into this circle, uh, it's, a, it's a good circle, a virtuous circle. If you can't make your way in on that, then you may well be able to work your way in uh, on other things, on the other two areas that we'll look at as well. So when you're feeling rubbish, when you feel that life is just too much, when there's so much to do, and frankly you're feeling, oh, so I wish I could really be bothered, when your past is such a struggle, still, see if you can get to that place where you can say, God is good. Now you may not be able to uh, uh, to do that today, it may take weeks, months, years, even decades. But do pray that one day that you will be able to say, "From your heart, "God is good." Jeremiah managed it at that moment in his life when everything had disintegrated and uh, of course there is one pe- place in particular where Christian people we look back in these sermons two and a half thousand years and more if we look back just the two thousand years we know there is one place in all human history which assure us beyond all, assures us beyond all else that God is a good God and that was actually at the cross where Jesus died for us a place of justice And as we understand it and see it, a place of enormous goodness as well. And if you're struggling with lockdown number three, and many of us are, but we still want to remember God is good, and therefore beyond now, there is a future. There is a good future beyond lockdown. And this is our foundation this is our foundation for this series this is our bedrock that God is good and based on that we can then uh, begin to work through this cycle of the, uh, the things that we see here so here's the first one humbly accepting there is a thread going through these six verses of humbly accepting the situation, the circumstances now now I'm sure, and I know, that there is a time and a place for screaming and shouting. So, for instance, uh, about 25, 26 years ago now, in our previous church in Lowestoft, uh, there was a young man, early 30s, who died of cancer. He's uh, Tim's Christian guy. Uh, He came from a Christian family, wasn't married, and his mum and dad had come to uh, be with him for the last few weeks of his life. And then after he died, uh, I popped round to see his mum and his dad. And when his mum came in, a Christian lady, uh, the very first thing she said, well, she didn't say anything to me. She screamed at me. She shouted at me. Don't tell me God is good. Oh, I wasn't going to. Um, And she needed someone to shout at, and it happened to be me. And that's fine that was absolutely fine and uh, uh, and it turned out to be actually rather a good thing that she was able to do that there is a place for it there is a need for it and here Jeremiah has got to this kind of humbly accepting stage this humbly accepting stage, sometimes in our grief and our loss and our sadness there is anger and that is one of those stages that we go through But a little bit further on, there is a humbly accepting stage. And that's what Jeremiah is doing. And that's what we see in Lamentations chapter Um, 3. Someone said this, everything in God's shop is on the bottom shelf. You have to get down on your knees to reach it. And it is that kind of humble humility, humbly accepting is what we're thinking. So uh, let's go back to that one there. Humbly accepting so uh, uh, verses 29 to 30 for instance in verse 29 uh, or 28 let him sit alone in silence verse 29 let him bury his face in the dust verse 30 let him offer his cheek to the one who would strike him humbly accepting there is a great humility here and a great humility before God so verse Verse 30, for instance, let him offer his cheek to the one who would strike him. Let him be filled with disgrace. That is, I think, humbly accepting the situation. Jeremiah knows that God is the one who has struck his people here. And actually with good reason. Hence the disgrace word. And justly so. So let him, let his people be filled with disgrace. Humbly accept this. Oh, and by the way, uh, I know it's next week's sermon, so uh, I won't steal Ben's thunder, but we really do need to look on, say, to verse 31 there, for no one is cast off by the Lord forever. So uh, do be back here at 10 o'clock uh, or uh, sometime during the week after next week to, to see next week's sermon as well. And in this humbly accepting the situation, what has happened, there is a place for silence, isn't there? There really is a place for silence. Look at the beginning of verse 28. Let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on him. A guy called uh, Robert Browning Hamilton uh, wrote this. I walked a mile with pleasure. She chattered all the way but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow and ne'er a word, said she, but oh the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. And we all have hard stuff to face. And the Bible encourages us, knowing that God is good, to humbly accept the situation. Humbly accept, say, your mental health issues, maybe your child's mental health issues. Not being afraid to share them and ask others, say, within the church family uh, to be praying. And mercifully, our society is getting better, isn't it, at accepting all this and the stigma is uh, going down. Uh, But it's still there a bit. So I thought I'd, um, I'd just let you know that during the first lockdown I struggled a bit at one stage in fact I struggled quite a bit in fact at one point I was very near the edge but uh, it's alright, I'm fine now no need to send flowers or cards or get well soon or anything like that but I thought I ought to let you know that actually we all suffer and struggle at times and it's okay to say so someone once prayed Lord, bring us to the place where we can talk about our mental health struggles without stigma. As naturally as we talk about having diabetes or asthma or the flu. Amen. God is good. So we will be humbly accepting and then we will be patiently waiting there's lots of things I don't know but I do know that God is good and Christians who suffer do more than suffer they also wait look at verse 26 here for instance it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord And if you saw the video I put out just after we decided that we we needed to stop uh, services with a Uh, congregation in the church here uh, you'll you'll know that the words uh, wait and hope in this passage here are exactly the same word in the Hebrew original so you look at the beginning of verse 25 the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him it is good to wait quietly, verse 26 hope and wait is exactly the same word there so Christians wait in hope Christians hope, and therefore they'll wait. The two are kind of intertwined and, uh, and almost interchangeable. So it's not like going to the dentist where you do things to take your mind off what's about to happen. No, Christians wait with hope, and we look to the future, and we look beyond the now. We lift our eyes up, and we're looking with, with great positiveness, if that's a word, in our minds and our hearts. And we see it beautifully in verse 26. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. That salvation actually which will be ours in all its fullness on that day when Jesus returns or that day when we die, whichever happens first. And we go to that glorious new existence for all eternity. Um, But also, it's there in verse 29 for instance, Let him bury his face in the dust. There may yet be hope. There may yet be hope. Christians wait in hope. So the question is this. You're going through it. You're really struggling. You're really finding it hard on the mental health front. Uh, bad time at the moment. But the question is this. Where is your focus? Where is your focus? You see, it's terribly easy when everything is kind of going wrong in life and so on for our focus to turn in on ourselves and we become the sole source of conversation. But it's a really good thing, a really good practice to look outwards, to look away from ourselves, to look to Jesus, to look to the future, to look to our hope. Now, sometimes that's really difficult. Sometimes everything is, is just Folding in on ourselves and we can only think about ourselves and our situation and the problems and all the rest of it. Sometimes we need a friend to help us. That's why sometimes, you know, you go and visit someone who's really struggling. It's good to talk about other stuff. Any other stuff almost, isn't it? Don't just talk about lockdown pandemics and so on, but talk about other stuff or maybe good memories of the past or whatever. And make, and make the, make it our, our deliberate choice as well to pray for other stuff to pray for other people so we're not just thinking of ourselves but we pray for those around us on our hospital ward or neighbors or other friends in the church and so on Uh, patiently waiting is patiently hoping and that means lifting up our eyes and our thoughts away from our own particular situation and knowing that there is a better future a better, better future but we might need great patience in trying to help someone to do that mental health is one of those things that tends to be a bit slow, isn't it? we always want it to go a bit faster we want people to recover sooner and so on it's not suddenly going to get better this afternoon, usually it could be days, weeks months, years and we need to be good and faithful friends who will walk with people every day Every hour, every week, every month for their struggles. To be there for them. And so that they know you're not going away. You'll be there. You'll be there for the long run. For them. To help them. To help them to look out from beyond themselves. To our great and wonderful future. And and also, just in case you're wondering about verse 27. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. It seems to me that this patiently waiting is something that it is a good lesson to learn when we're younger so that we may be able to refer to that when things struggle when we're a bit older. I think that's the kind of thing it's saying. It's good to learn these lessons when we're younger and to remember them and to take them through life with us so that we will patiently wait in the tough times. So... The third thing here, humbly accepting, patiently waiting, and then the third thing as we go around the circle, living in hope, living in hope. The 1994 film Shawshank Redemption uh, has this uh, tremendous little strap line really. Fear can hold you prisoner. Hope can set you free. And this is Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And you may well know he was held prisoner for uh, for many years uh, in prison camps in Siberia. And along with the other prisoners, he worked in the fields day after day, in rain and sunshine, in the winter and so on. And his life appeared to be nothing more than just back-breaking labor and gradual starvation. What hope was there? And this uh, ongoing month by month by year by year suffering reduced him to a state of despair until one day with the hopelessness of his situation just bearing down on him uh, he saw no reason to continue his struggle so he sat down and uh, he left his shovel on the ground and he just sat there waiting for a guard to come up and beat him probably with his own shovel and as he was staring down into the dirt, he just noticed the shadow of uh, uh, someone else there. Maybe a guard. Probably a guard. But actually it wasn't. It was, it was another prisoner. A skinny old guy who was squatted down beside him. Didn't say anything. Instead, with a stick, he did the mark of the cross in the ground the cross of Christ and as Solzhenitsyn stared at the cross drawn in the dirt his entire perspective was was changed he knew that there was something greater than the evil he saw in the prison camp he knew that Hope for all people was represented by that simple cross in the dirt in front of him. And he knew that through the power of the cross, anything was going to be possible. And he slowly rose to his feet, picked up a shovel, and he went back to work. Outwardly, nothing had changed. Inwardly, he had received hope now we see in verse 25 here the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him for the one who seeks him and we see in this passage all the way through actually a quiet unquenchable hope which looks forward believing that nothing can ultimately prevent God's purposes from being fulfilled it's God's good purposes because God is good and at the moment we're having this little series in the midst of a global pandemic and millions of people in this country are putting our hope in the vaccine in the skill of the doctors in ICU in the NHS in Chris Whitty, Jonathan Van Tam and co. Uh, maybe in our GP, that we're putting our, help, our hope in those places and in those people. But Christian people don't do that in the same way. Because we've got a bigger picture. Because our hope is in our good God's. So again in verse 25, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. And our good God who does oversee and overrule this pandemic, our good God who does work through the government, the vaccines, the NHS, Jonathan Van Tam, Chris Whitty, your GP, uh, the ICU staff and all the rest of it. Yes, of course our Lord works through those, through those folks, they're agents of his good. There are mental health troubles with this all. If I were to ask you, where is your hope? Christians want to say, first of all, my hope is in God, working through all these good agents of His that we see uh, on the television each evening in the news. But my hope is in my good God. My good God, and I humbly, and I, I humbly accept Uh, His good, if sometimes painful, ways. I patiently wait in hope. And therefore, I live in the hope of a brighter future. A brighter future for my mental health. A brighter future for our world. And we see this cycle here. Uh, We have that foundation. God is good. And then humbly accepting, patiently waiting living in hope and going around the cycle again it may be that humbly accepting is hard at the moment patiently waiting is hard at the moment but you can still say well I do have a hope and maybe that's the way in and that's the way in to be able to humbly accept and patiently wait and so on there are different ways in to this particular cycle this particular circle so God is good God is a very good God God and uh, we have seen this morning this uh, uh, little cycle which will help us with our own mental health awareness and helping others in theirs, humbly accepting, patiently waiting and living in hope. Eloise Hearn has written a number of poems uh, on lamentations, and I'm going to finish just by reading one of them now, which I think is really, really helpful. Rock bottom, I hope. Everything's a mess. I'm a mess. I can't see any light, soul distress. My mind continually frets, and yet, at the bottom is rock faith foundation I call to mind the faithfulness of God the Lord is righteous I say it to myself he reigns forever even now somehow the Lord is my portion whatever else I have or do not have so I will wait for him I will wait I will say it to myself rock bottom I hope